Welcome back to SolveCast, where we provide you short, detailed responses to help you solve the questions that matter most to you. I am your host today, Carrie Roberts, and we are discussing the topic of branding and specifically the importance of emotional connection within branding. And joining me today is Gary Cash. He is the president of Gary Cash Marketing Insights. Welcome, Gary. Thank you for being here. And thank you. I'm honored to be asked to share my perspective with your audience. Appreciate it. So I want you to start off by telling us a little bit about kind of your history and background in branding and marketing, if you don't mind. I'd like to start from the benefit, if I can, which is which will embody my philosophy about marketing. And I've been known to ask a question or two. And one of my favorites is when a client says, you're asking questions I haven't thought of. So my expertise is really in challenging the status quo of what branding is, and then shifting people's strategy so their target consumers are receiving benefits that are truly relevant and motivating. And at the end, I would say the expertise is building emotional and financial brand value. By background, I've been around the horn. I was in brand management. I worked at Leo Burnett, ran half the Kellogg business, worked at a consulting firm, started my own uh, research-based consulting firm, which I ran for 26 years. Uh, So I've done this a bit uh, sold it five years ago, and now I help medium-sized businesses uh, grow and also do volunteer. I'm a judge for the Polsky, uh, a new venture challenge at the University of Chicago Booth, and work with a lot of nonprofits. If you're a drinker, Apolog in Chicago is fantastic if you want a, a good drink or Big Star Margaritas. Well, wonderful. I like the breadth of knowledge. I want to start off with kind of this definition of branding. And you wrote something I I really resonate with. You said you define a brand by the total of what consumers think, feel, and experience with an entity. Can you tell us a little bit more about your definition of branding and how this fits into the marketing space as well? If I can, I'm going to be that contrarian again, just a little bit by start by what branding is not. And branding is not a logo, it is not a tagline, it is not a website, it is not messaging your audience. And I would ask you and I would ask everyone out there, how many messages do you get for a day from people that you totally ignore? Good branding in the literature today is about connecting with your consumer and I'd like to flip that. It's about connect, having your consumer want to connect with you. And that's a subtle but distinct difference. And if I can, just use an example, and I don't know if you buy oatmeal, but I use this example all the time. But if you were going to go buy oatmeal for somebody in the grocery store, not a Whole Foods per se, which one might you gravitate toward? If I can ask you the question. Uh, Quaker. (laughs) Why? Because it's... On, well, first of all, it's the one I know. It's the one I've seen the most. I think it's the one that I have seen commercials. I've seen images for, so I'm the most aware of it. Um, it also reminds me of baking like oatmeal cookies during Christmas. Ooh, and how's that make you feel? Nicely. Yeah, yeah. It and- makes you feel warm, reminds you of family. Yeah. And the reality is there's no difference between that and the store brand right next to it. They're rolled oats. But there is something about that man and that history that creates something warm in our minds and in our hearts and make us pay that 15, 20, 30 cents more. That's a wonderful example. Another very quick one, there used to be a company, 
If you're a techie, you might know called Computer Discount Warehouse. About 15 years ago, I approached the president. Um, they were $3 billion publicly traded and told him they were going to fail soon. He told me I was full of baloney, not his word. Um, he came back to me three months later uh, and said, tell me more about this branding idea. And Computer Discounts uh, Warehouse became CDW, and they became the friend of the IT managers in small and medium-sized businesses around the country. They went from three to $5 billion at a higher margin. They are now a $17 billion company around the world. Their slogan is still off that strategy. Uh, it's people who know it or people who know IT. People are making an emotional connection with getting help because IT managers don't have all the answers and they felt frustrated. People who know it is a place for them to go where they could get the answers and feel good. It's that emotional connection. I could go on and on. Yeah, I you know, I agree with you so much. I do a lot in the branding space and I talk about this as well. And I think one of the challenges uh, that that I've spoken to you about before is this idea that a lot of companies think, oh, I don't need brand. I just need to sell or I don't really get it or can't you just do this for free? So how do you showcase the value of a brand when somebody doesn't really understand it or understand how it works? Well, there's two parts. Often they start asking questions. What kind of car do they drive and why? Uh, I talk to them about where they are and what they might have in their homes. And then I ask why. And ultimately, if you ladder, which is the term you may know, but others may not, but it's, it's, up, it's going up the Maslow hierarchy to what you're really looking for. People are buying things for a lot of reasons and they tend to be very emotional. And oftentimes I will take a brand and tell them why they're buying it. And they'll go, how do you know me? It's by the brands you buy and it works. Yeah, I. that's a very good example. I think that's, that's really important. Um, when we're kind of thinking about brand, what is maybe one of the first one or two things that you suggest a company or an organization do when they're trying to define who they are and how they should attract the people that they want? You just made an assumption when you said, and I say that respectfully, the people they want. One of the biggest mistakes people make first is they think they need to talk to everybody. And if you talk to everybody, you're really talking to nobody. What you really want is somebody to be passionate and interested because you're, you're offering something relevant. So the very first thing I would say is pick a target. The second thing uh, is not a demographic target, not even a user target. Pick an attitudinal target. And if you can pick an attitudinal target, now you start, because we buy as people, whether it's business or personal, we buy as people. So if I were to ask you what Gatorade sells, your answer might be what? Well, my favorite Gatorade is the yellow one. <laughs> I, the lemon you, lime, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. But what do you buy when you buy the lemon lime? I, uh, for me, yeah, I buy hydration, electrolytes. I feel like an athlete when I have it. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting. If you go back, our office years ago helped uh, the agency, which was brilliant. It wasn't us. Uh, they had a campaign, Is It In You? And people sweated out the red and the green and the blue. 
Only at the very end of a Gatorade commercial do you see any product. It's about the inspiration to do your best, to feel like you're an athlete. And many, many years ago, I had the same conversation, pick a target. Well, we want the professional athletes, but the volume is in the non-athletes. And the point was, you don't pick a a demographic or even a user group. Everybody they learned aspires to be their best. And those are the people they're talking to. And uh, what many of our viewers may not know or listeners is many years ago, uh, Pepsi bought Gatorade. Coke came after them. They couldn't beat them because there was an emotional connection between the user of Gatorade and its brand. There was a partnership. There was a trust built. Yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying. I think, you know, one of the other questions that a lot of people have is, okay, if they're kind of on board about this brand thing, one of the questions that maybe their higher up will ask, or if they are the CEO is, how do I track this? You know, everyone's so much about quantitative data. So how do you showcase that brand is working? Well, my question back to you is, what are you trying to track? And at the end of the day, you should be tracking loyalty, uh, margins, and volume. Because if we're talking about feelings, how do you measure a feeling? And that's very difficult. So how are, what are people's attitudes toward your brand? Are your sales going up? How do they feel about your brand? So it's a little bit more secure, circuitous, but that's the way you measure. And... Oftentimes, if you don't invest in a brand, you're you're fighting on price. And if you're dealing on emotion, your margins are greater. Is there a brand that you think showcases the emotion that you're talking about really well? There are a number of brands. Let's talk about Gerber Baby Food. Many years ago, they were in a fight with uh, Beach Nut, and they were a three, four cent premium, and they were relying on the baby. Well, the baby wasn't enough. We actually were lucky enough to work with them. They developed a campaign based on, do you know where your baby food is is grown? And they literally took a baby in a high chair and the camera went into the jar. And they talked about being able to identify the actual farmer in the field and the date that the vegetables and the fruits were grown. And they went from something like, and don't quote me on this, like a 66 share market to 72% in a year. It's because moms, dads wanted to make be sure that their children are safe. It was an emotional connection beyond the cute baby. It works. In fact, I've got a little example, if you don't mind my using you as a guinea pig. Perfect. Uh, Let's do it. If you, if you have a sheet of paper, I don't want everybody yes. to think this is only for big brands. So what I'd like you to do is um, put down, I'm making up a name, uh, Mary Smith, Mm-hmm. And and write that down and and on the left column, underneath that, and everybody listening could do this as well. Underneath that, write babysitter available, and then make up a phone number. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, now go to a column to your right. Leave the top line blank. Replicate the second and the third lines. Uh, make it babysitter available in the same phone number. Mm-hmm. Now on the top line, I want you to write the word Mary, leave a space and write the word kids, K-I-D-S. 
In between those two words, can you draw a heart for me, please? Yes. So if you've got a young child and you want a babysitter, which one are you going to go for? Yeah, Mary loves kids. We're going to go with that one. Why? <laughs> it's, it. well, I think the first thing is, is it stands out. It's not just somebody's name. There's a meaning to it. She's a babysitter. It has the word kids in it. So it showcases what she does. And then you also have the heart next to it. So it shows that she really loves what she does, or that's the assumption that you're making by reading that information. And why would you as a potential mom care about that? Well, because you want someone to take care of your kids when you're not there. You want them to care just like you would. And how would they make you feel? Safe and uh, happy. So same person one might be in some people's language branded, but that's more about what she does. The second one is about what she does for you. Mm. And it's relevant and motivating and differentiating. And I would posit you might pay 50 cents an hour more for the one that loves your kids than the one that's just so functional. So we've given examples of big brands. This is a very little brand. It works in all levels. For those of you looking for a job, you are a brand. Almost everything on a dating site, you are a brand in competition with other people. So making these emotional connections, a little personal note for you. One day, uh, many years ago, uh, I had been fixed up by a friend of mine, a female, and uh, she told me I would love her friend. Eh. I came <laughs> home that night and there was an ad for... Um, somebody who matched you based on your attitudes and personalities and values. And I said, I have to put my money where my mouth is. That was 12 years ago. I met my wife through that site. Oh, I love it. I couldn't agree more on all of this. You and I could talk about this for hours, but I want to finish our conversation here for those watching and listening if you could kind of like wave your magic wand, and I actually want to focus on personal brand for a second, because I think that's equally as important. What is one thing that you wish everybody understood about their own personal brand? Do not, I'm going to use a factory as an example. Don't look out the factory windows. Look at your target. What is your target's wants? What are their needs? What are their emotional um needs. And then if you can, if, if you can actually deliver, because branding is a partnership, if you could deliver benefits to meet those needs, then you've got a match. Imagine interviewing with somebody who is looking for something. I used to tell my, I'm going to back, I used to tell my client, my, my boss, my job is to make your life easier. Yeah, that is, that is the role. <laughs> Well, I think this has been really helpful, a really kind of uh, great introduction, as well as some really specifics people can use to help not only their company, but their personal brand as well. So I thank you so much, Gary, for being a part of our show today. Well, thank you so very much, Carrie. You were terrific. And uh, good luck branding yourself and your businesses, everybody. It's every day. Use it. Don't abuse it. Thank you so much for watching and listening to SolveCast. You can learn more at solvecast.com.